Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Katie Bogner, Catholic school teacher and parish DRE. Katie, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. Uh, so, Katie, if you're not familiar with Katie yet, um, she ha- uh, her website, everything is linked on the show notes as usual. Her website is Look to Him and Be Radiant. Um, her Etsy shop is the same. And she has tons of resources for living the liturgical year in your home or in your classroom. We have used a ton of your resources in our home. Um, I'm actually looking at pieces of your Divine Mercy Chaplet on my wall that my kids colored for me last year. And my, my then two-year-old just w- walked around the house and taped pieces of the chaplet to various people's bedroom walls. Um, so it's, it's just everywhere. You're surrounded by prayer. I love it. Everywhere. He put like a little, they took cut out a JP2 from the Magnificat and it's like sitting next to my bed. My husband has one by his desk. They're They're everywhere. <laughs> um, that's amazing it's so great um you're sleeping saint joseph we used last year during our at home vacation bible school we might use it in my kids classroom again this year because it's the year of saint joseph you i'm so amazed and excited about your creativity um and i'm so excited to talk to you about jp2 today yeah i know so thank you so much it, i'm always like honored and blown away anytime i hear about someone using the resources on the blog i know that that sounds silly i've been doing it for like 10 years but there's still something about the like anonymous side of the internet where like I, I'm like, well, I use this in my classroom. So if when I hit publish and share it online, it just kind of goes out into the World Wide Web and who knows if anyone will see it. So like to actually hear about real families and real classrooms using the resources and the way they've been a good tool for them is like it will never cease to surprise me or bless me. So I'm honored that you've been using those tools in your home. Oh, yeah, we're, we love it. And I'm so excited about your book. Um, which is already out through the year with Jesus gospel readings and reflections for children. Um, I've only seen the cover so far, but it is gorgeous. Your lettering is fabulous. And I aspire to do that. Um, Can you give us a quick little snippet of what the book is about and how it works? And then we'll hop into the quote. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So the book's been out for about a month, which has just been so wonderful. And again, such a blessing. So the book is meant to, it's not a repeat of anything that is on my blog. That's one thing that a lot of people have asked. Oh. But um, instead, it is a, um, it's meant to be like a guide for prayer for a family or classroom. And I was very careful in the, the language that I use to make it applicable in both areas and also for like a wide range of kids. So if you've got, whether you've got one kiddo at home or you have a range of ages that it would use, you could use it for the whole family. Um, so every week we selected a story 
Gospels and then paired it with um, a beautiful piece of sacred art. It has the full text of the scripture right there just for convenience sake, even though, of course, you could read it in your own Bible, too. Um, it comes with some different reflection questions, um, a little like kind of kid-friendly explanation. There's some Lexio Divina prompts to help you pray with the scripture. And I know that sounds like a lot, but the idea is that like literally right there, you have all those things at your fingertips. And so if you're at the breakfast table, you could like, oh, be, say like, oh, remember that story we read yesterday? What do you think about this part of it? And then pose that question and hopefully talk about it with your kids. So sure. um, it's meant to be a tool to help start those conversations conversations and continue those conversations in prayer with their kids about the life of Jesus, um, because that's the root of everything we do. And so as much as I love celebrating the saints' feast days and, and the whole, um, you know, everything that we, the richness of the traditions of our Catholic faith, I do think that sometimes it's good to remind ourselves, me included, um, that the whole liturgical year, it revolves around the life of Jesus. And so we're kind of bringing it back to that. I love that. And that is what your quote is about, right? So the short yeah. <laughs> that people will see on Instagram is it is Jesus, in fact, that you seek when you dream of happiness. But it goes on beyond that. Uh, he is waiting for you and nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is he who provokes you with that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life. It is he who reads in your hearts your most genuine choices, the choices that others try to stifle. It is Jesus who stirs in you the desire to do something great with your lives, the will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be grounded down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves in society, making the world more human and more fraternal. Ugh. It's so beautiful. <laughs> like, excuse me in my beauty coma over here. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, so this is uh, Pope St. John Paul II from World Youth Day Vigil of Prayer from 2000. Um, tell me about where what this quote, I mean, we could talk about this for way longer than 15 minutes. Um, what about it strikes you the most? So um, I actually don't remember the first time I came across it. I know that like I know that it's pretty popular now and you see it on lots of things as as we well should. It's so powerful. And I think can address um, anyone's walk of faith. Um, Pope John Paul II, of course, was speaking specifically to young people since it was at World Youth Day, but I just think that it has applications for anyone's life. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I know that it was at least like 10 years ago or so because I have this quote, like the entire paragraph from this section of his address, handwritten out on a piece of paper that I had taped to my bathroom mirror. And I know it has been that long because I've moved a few times since then. And I can like think back to which apartment it was first sure. taped up in, yeah. you know? Um, and it's actually something that I, I used um, to pray for someone. Like I had a specific intention that I was praying for. And you know how sometimes we pray novenas or we, you know, we offer our rosary for someone or whatever. Yeah. This quote is like what I, it was what I desired for them. Um, and out, and of course was a reminder for like all of the people in my life that matter and for myself as well. But so it started out that it, it was kind of like a prayer. Um, and even after that intention, um, after that prayer was answered, um, I kept it up. I still like to this day, it's taped on my bathroom mirror. And so I read it a lot of mornings and it's just a good reminder about that everything we pursue, every desire of our heart, every um, every hope we have for the future, everything we have, you know, we strive to do under our own power, all of those things actually point back to Christ himself. Um, and so not that our desires and our hopes and our dreams are wrong, but that they should be rooted in him and they should lead to him. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes even, I know I can speak for myself that even as much as I am practicing the faith and I love the faith and I want to live the faith, there are still times that I'm like, these things are, um, are part of my faith life. And this thing is kind of outside of it, or this is like, um, I don't know, like riding in a sidecar or something, but really like it's all pointing in the same direction. Um, I think sometimes we can separate and like com- com- compartment, excuse me, compartmentalize, <laughs> compartmentalize yeah. who, um, different parts of our lives and think like Jesus isn't as interested in this part or this desire that I have is not about him. And I think when we, when we think this way and, you know, when we're, we're thinking about what we desire and what we want, maybe that helps us to reflect on whether the things that we're doing, the things we're saying, the, the, the entertainment we're taking in, the places we're spending our time, et cetera, like, are those things really pointing us to Christ? Or is there something that's, that's disordered or out of place there? And maybe this is like a tool for preparing for confession or a tool for, um, for just reflecting on where we stand. Like, are we really, is our whole life really pointed toward Christ or not? Because he desires that happiness for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then it, like on the the flip side of that coin, even though it's the exact same point, is that a reminder that like Christ is everything that is good and true and beautiful. And so sometimes my like my students, um, they think like, oh, well, you know, the only like the only good music to listen to is like Christian music. And I just don't like that very much. So to remind them that like, no, like Christ is at the root of anything that is good and true and beautiful. And so that is all meant to point you back to him. And like you said, not to um, compartmentalize well, this is my faith stuff and this isn't the other things I do, but that they can all be tied together. And if you can't overlap those two circles, then you're right. Maybe that's a good call for an examination of conscience and kind of deciding like, well, maybe this isn't actually leading me closer to Christ. Right. Right. I'm thinking just at mass this morning, um, uh, part of the homily, the priest said something that struck me. Um, let me see if I can get it right. Either Christ is the Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Like, he can't be Lord of certain parts of your life and you keep other pieces away from him. Like, you have to give all of it to him and you have to recognize that he is the creator of everything. Um, like, it's 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 kind of, it's all or nothing, right? Like, we can't we can't pick the pieces that we want and and shy away from the pieces that are hard or the pieces that make us uncomfortable or the pieces that don't feel as good. That's just not the way it works. You, you, yeah, Jesus see, wants all I, of us. I think, I think sometimes that people, you know, they like maybe they would hear this quote and be kind of put off because they're like, well, you know, then God must not really want me to be happy because I don't, I don't want whatever X, Y, or Z is that thing that they're thinking of. But really what it is, is that we're not, you know, we don't want Jesus to be the Lord of our life. Like we, you know, we want him to be this convenient, you know, like genie in a bottle that answers the prayers when we ask, right? So, right. Um, so this quote, if you've heard it before, um, it is Jesus, in fact, that you seek when you dream of happiness. I would totally recommend going back and reading the whole address. It's on the Vatican website. It's very short. And it's actually towards the end. So if you go back to the beginning, Pope John Paul II, he first talked about St. Peter and then St. Thomas and their encounters with Christ. And so um, he specifically talked about, you know, the passage that, who do you say that I am? That is such a good gut check. Yes. <laughs> um, so he talked about Peter encounter with Christ and and that question that he had to know the answer to and that that was what you know his Peter's walk really hinges on that moment and you know we see like a change in him after that and then talked about Thomas 
Christmas on, you know, um, after Easter. So waiting for the resurrection of Christ and needing, needing the concrete proof, um, but then, you know, coming to believe after that. So there, those two characters, I think, are a good reminder to us that we can't fit Christ into the box we want him to be in. He instead is literally everything. There is no box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as in our, in our journey to be saints, too, where we don't fit in a box either. Like there are such differences between Peter and Thomas. Um, that like, if you don't, you know, you don't think, well, that, that story, I didn't, I didn't quite relate to the story of that apostle or that saint. And I don't really know if I fit into like the mold of being a saint. Cause I'm not like that guy. Um, but there's a saint you're like, <laughs> right? Like, the, or it's time for there to be a new saint. Who's you? Um, you're all called, we're all called to be that. Yeah. All right. So since we're, um, in the middle of Lent here, Peter and Thomas had really different reactions to Christ. Um, where do you think we can can kind of dig into that as we approach Holy Week? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we know that except for, you know, Mary and John, they all ran from the foot of the cross, right? But we also know that they came back. So like Peter running to the tomb on Easter morning is like one of my favorite stories to read. Um, just that like that is how much he desired to be reunited with his Savior. Um, and it's almost like he had to be away from him to, to realize what he, you know, what he had missed, what he had walked away from. And, you know, Thomas's story stretches out a little bit longer, right? <laughs> so he had a he had a few more days to think about what had happened. But same thing, um, we know that Thomas also, like earlier in the Gospels, he had been the one who was like, oh, we're going to go to Jerusalem and, and something's going to happen. Let us go with him. Like he was, we forget that he was like one of the first ones to like want to back up Jesus when he found out what would happen, even though he then, of course, ran away. So I just think that the two of them and, of course, all the apostles, it's a really good reminder as we start to look towards Holy Week. And maybe at this point in Lent, maybe we're thinking like, gosh, I have failed. My right. Lenten resolutions, hint, hint, you can't fail. Okay. <laughs> like, um, Or um, maybe like, you know, dreading the, the move into a new liturgical season or whatever it might be. Yeah. Just a reminder that like, you cannot be too far away to turn around and come back. You cannot like start, you know, pick up a new luncheon resolution today, start something fresh, make a new resolution, um, make sure that you're walking towards Holy Week with an open heart because everything that you desire as we come back, back to our quote, everything that you desire is, is actually Jesus in fact. So yeah. I think that Thomas and Peter can remind us that we, um, all of our walks are very unique and individual and they might be kind of like a broken path, but when it comes down to it, the goal is to be standing next to our resurrected board. Um, and so everything that we seek, everything that we do in this season and in every season should lead us to that. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. We got to wrap it up now, but I'm so grateful to have spent some time with you. Thanks so much for sharing this quote and for everything you share. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lindsay. Thanks to those two who have sent in some quotes. Um, we're starting to get some in from listeners. They're super great. Uh, we're working on a listener contributed episode for the end of the season. So please keep sending them in. As always, you can suggest a quote or a guest um, by following me on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, uh, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit 
AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.